does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Previously on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Mark Dighton still in line, I believe, from Monday, KB, <laughs> uh, for a Magic Mountain. Is it Magic Mountain or Space Mountain? I can't remember uh, which We're one it is. We're going to try to delay the trip to Disney <laughs> as long as the Bowen family can here. I, I was about to say, you're probably within, the what, the next year and a half or so? Remember, little man's only a little over one, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, so so he Bowens, doesn't know what's going on. I have an older brother, Ryan, five and a half years older. Quick story here to start. Uh, we went to Disney when he and my cousin Aaron were you know, younger, obviously five and a half year gap so it, it was quite a, a bit of an age difference and they say uh, we get off the plane at the airport we see Mickey my uncle Tad yells Mickey <laughs> come here I cry and they had a code word for me the rest of the trip uh, when any time the they word? saw a character I don't know said code word but my dad said oh, we gotta find that out let's just say you and I spent a lot of times uh, together that trip and we didn't see many characters so I think that's a precursor for my Disney experience you're scared of the characters, <laughs> what's, of going, the characters. what's going on here uh, well a busy day today Stephen Holder gonna join us 8 o'clock hour Jeremiah Johnson will talk some Pacers basketball with him. Uh, Indiana winners last night. We can dive into that. I did not think the Hoosiers were going to go on the road and win uh, in Michigan. I did not think that was going to be the case. By the way, Michigan basketball stinks, and I mean the state. Michigan and Michigan know, State Michigan lost state again. Yeah. Michigan State lost at home by double figures last night uh, to Wisconsin. So we can dive into that as well. And then you know, I, I don't know if it's like. Don't talk about it. Be quiet. We're in new studios today. It needs to be said. You know, we used to be up on floor six. I think okay? the background's a dead giveaway yeah. for our YouTube well, audience. I mean, out you know, there. we have a we have a robust YouTube audience, so I'm like, we need to let them know. Uh, so these poor we we have an engineer in here right now. These poor engineers have had to work day and night to move all the studios. So we went from six to where we had the um, you know with the monument circle sure. uh, window there, and now we're in a bunker on uh, level four in the uh, infamous building here downtown. So this is where IBC is and everything else. Do I have to tell like a Trump joke the fir- uh, to well, get on the floor? What did I have to do? Do I have to yeah, do a, a I trivia on, go down on Mike path. Pence or what did I have to do here? The first YouTube comment is uh, some Uh-oh. nursing home interior aesthetic here on the fourth floor. Thank you to Skylar Wood, his entire staff. Outstanding job getting this set up. What a miserable job for them, though. Honestly. Ideal. And it'll be the Pacers and Bucks coming up yes, tomorrow so we now know the final four of the in-season tournament. I think this is exactly what the NBA wants, to be totally honest with you. You've got the Bucks, you've got the Lakers, but then you also have a little bit of the feel-good nature of the Pacers and the Pelicans. So we'll preview that with Jeremiah Johnson coming up at 9 and start to get into Colts and Bengals because Andy Sweeney, these ones now, they are absolutely massive because now your opponent really, really matters. Like you, you, You've taken care of business against the bottom-tier teams. Now you're playing teams that are very much in the playoff picture, just like you. But I'd say right out of the gate, let's start in Ann Arbor. Without Xavier Johnson, you get a road win in the Big Ten. couple things, Andy. They've weathered this storm. It, it was an ugly start to the year, but if you just strictly look at the resume... It's what, a 7-1 basketball team? Yeah, you're 2-0 in the Big it's Ten. 2-0 in the Big Ten. It's a couple of wins away from home. There's nothing great on the resume, but they've weathered the early storm. 
And I thought last night, Khalil Ware continues to be very, very good. He is super skilled, Andy, both ends of the floor. Um, He's been my, I I would say, most pleasant surprise here in the early going. I don't see any of the motor uh, consistency issues. He was great last night in closing out that one. And I thought C.J. Gunn was big late off the bench as well. Uh, Indiana was struggling with some of their guys that you would label as their more consistent guys. Malik Renew and Trey Galloway being atop that list. Uh, You needed another guard to step up, and I thought the uh, Lawrence North product did that. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, How did you do with Bardo and Jack Collinsworth? Did you you make it through? I'm going to be fair. Okay, um, I thought Collinsworth was actually not too bad. I absolutely hate Jack Collinsworth on Notre Dame broadcast. (laughs) I I, I know you do. If I can start there. That's why I ask you. I thought Jack did a nice job last night. I thought he was fine on basketball, much better than football. For those that want to spell the name, no K on Jack. Well, of course. You know, just want to FYI that out there. Uh, Bardo is Bardo, so I, I... no need for me to expand on that. Uh, for me, Peacock was not that big of a deal. Now, the issue that I run into is, Andy, last night's a 9 o'clock tip. Well, Butler had some competitive moments with Buffalo in the second half last night. I I'd like to flip over and it be rather seamless. I'd like to watch UConn and North Carolina during a commercial break, and it takes me like a minute to flip over, and then it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, am I missing the Indiana-Michigan game? Well, I've always, I've always told buddies, you know, the best thing that you could create, and while the engineers are scurrying around here, maybe they could come up with this, if you just had one app that you could include everything, where you could easily go seamlessly between Peacock and, you know, Spectrum or YouTube TV or Direct TV or whatever you have, but you know what you call that? You call that cable, KB. <laughs> we, we had that, but we shunned it away. Uh, Do you understand so that? We that had so that true. growing up. You had it, and no, I no. had it. Uh, Hell, and now you got to flip around. I still got it, but now, right now, if I want to watch Indiana or Purdue, the rest y'all of the season, y'all wanted to cut the cord, so now you got to go between apps. Yeah, thank you. That's what you have to do. Damn millennials out there! Creating the the this only thing that killed me about the action. Peacock app is, you know, this morning going back and, and watching parts of the game. Just you have to be able to fast forward ten seconds, but it would freeze enough to where I'm like, it's just quicker just to watch the feed instead yeah, of. And I did have a couple people ahead. reach out to me like, "Are you having buffering issues?" I, I didn't oh, have man. any of that. Again, I don't know how much of that is in-house internet related or not, but very balanced last night for Mike Woodson's bunch. And, you know, when they restart Big Ten play coming up around the new year, they are going to be 2-0. You know, I think Maryland and Michigan, it's fair to label both of them as NIT teams probably at best, really, this season. But still, um, I would say with how Indiana played those first few games, I did not think we'd be at this juncture and still talking about a one-loss team. Oh, I thought they that, were going to lose last night. With that one loss being no doubt. just to UConn. Now, we'll get into this probably a little bit more as the week moves along. For the resume, I do think Saturday is really important. Like they, that, That's Auburn, neutral floor in Atlanta. Not that Auburn is some great, great team. They just lost to Appalachian State. But I think it's important that that resume, non-conference-wise, says something other than you beat Louisville. Away from home. Yeah, well, that's not going to help you. you know, yeah, so. That's not going to help you at all. You didn't lose to Louisville. That's what you did. You didn't win the game. You just didn't lose the game. Uh, I have no idea. They were like in the 270s, I think, in the first net uh, was Louisville. You know, you look at McKenzie and Baco goes to the line. Late KB knocks down a couple free throws. 14 points a game in his last three, playing more minutes, not being straight up benched in the second half, which he was in, what, the first three games, uh, I believe. So that's out there. 
And uh, I tell you, I tell you the, only, the only guy that's killing me right now in Indiana is just Trey Galloway. I mean, he missed a couple free throws again. He hasn't made a three-pointer in four games, his last four games. He's 0-12, KB, in his last four games. But overall, you know, that was a game I thought Indiana would lose 78-75. But they won. That does mean something. Michigan, obviously, is not a good team. But beating mediocre teams, beating bad teams, and hell, just beating anyone on the road in the Big Ten, you'll take it. Definitely. Good win Definitely. last night for Indiana. Definitely. And, you know, certainly Indiana got some bounces late. Doug McDaniel missing a free throw to tie the game with, what was that, 40, 35 seconds to go. Um, you know, kind of. You mean 50, Dougie Fresh? Kind of a 50, as Bardo kept ball. saying over and over again, yeah, Dougie Fresh. I was Fresh. underwhelmed. I know he's been, <laughs> he's had a really good start this season. And credit to Gabe Cups. I, I did think he made him work for some stuff on the offensive end. But I do want to go back to where because. With Galloway, Andy, I'm a little torn on it. Part of me is like, you expect more out of a fourth-year senior. I hear all about how great he played this summer. But then I'm also like, this is kind of on Mike Woodson for running into the season and saying, that's my two-guard. Right. And I'm not going to try and, you know, ante up at like, all. Like, he is what he is. Him that, scoring yeah, 9, I mean, 10, 11 you know, points, I mean, that's about was, what he is. He was a, whatever, a three-star recruit. Like it, It's not like there were these grand expectations to be like, Indiana should have that guy as their two guard here in year three of the Mike Woodson era. I, I don't necessarily label Galloway as that, but I thought Ware late. You know, he was he was really good early, but he made a variety of plays down the stretch. Andy Ware, Michigan doubled late in the shot clock on 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 one trip. Ware made a great pass out to Galloway, who then drove and I think had that uh, and one, which he didn't convert the free throw, but that was a huge play. He had a big block. On the other end of the floor, I think it was the very next trip. And then, with the tie game and coming out of a timeout, there's Khalil Ware with kind of like a like a mini sky hook. It was a beautiful, you know, beautiful touch in the lane. Sweeping through yeah. the lane. It was like Magic Johnson. I know. I'm like, somewhere like, you know, Julius <laughs> Irving would be very happy about that, or Magic certainly. Uh, and then, obviously, Ware iced it, and you heard the Don Fisher clip leading into our show uh, when Michigan tried to inbound it there, the length of the cl- the length of the floor. So, Khalil Ware, unquestionably very, very good here uh, early on in this season. So, next up for Indiana, it will be Auburn in Atlanta coming up this weekend. They can win that game. Uh, and then Purdue, of course, they go north of the border to take on Alabama. So, Alabama and Auburn taking on the Indiana Big Ten schools coming up this week. I'm surprised. I'm looking at the ESPN matchup predictor right now. Has uh, Auburn winning that 73% of the time? Yeah, they just know. lost to Appalachian State. They just State, lost right? at App State. Yeah, who now, I don't Bruce know Pearl anything does about. That. Bruce Pearl likes to schedule his team at a mid-major, which I kind of like. Is he the only coach that likes to do that? <laughs> I, I can't imagine there's Tom many. Tom Crean did that a few times and it backfired on him, did it not? At the mid-major. Or was that I, I guess maybe Crean did it one time at IPFW. Now that I now that I think about it, but uh, again, nice win for Indiana. Plenty to get to on today's show. Stephen Holder, as always, joins us on these Wednesdays here at 8 a.m. as we get set for Colts and Bengals. It's interesting, that line opened up at Colts favored by three, Andy. After what we saw with Cincinnati uh, on Monday Night Football, it's down to just one, so the Colts are still a slight favorite. Uh, when you look at potential returns, Grover Stewart and maybe Juju Brents, uh, Andy, this is the best wideout group you're going to face all season. And in particular, what is so great about Cincinnati's wideouts, they've got one of the best in the league, and then they've got the depth. You know, sometimes, like Jacksonville, for example, when healthy, I think Jacksonville's got depth. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kirk or Ridley are viewed as one of the best. Jamar Chase is one of the best. There's no debating that whatsoever. But then you saw it on Monday night. Late in the game, T. Higgins made a big play. Tyler Boyd made a big play in that game. So, cornerback depth for the Colts. 
has not really been tested here as of late. It's going to be tested, even if it's just Jake Browning coming up on Sunday. Yeah, was the was the two points because everyone's looking and saying, oh my God, Jake Browning was good. I mean, is that is that what it was? It has to be, right? It has to be. Again, he was 32 of 37. I think the Colts had, or I think the uh, the Bengals had more drop passes than he had true incompletions the other night. And uh, I don't know if you heard it moving in uh, when you're walking down here to the station. There's a lot of Doug Peterson scuttle that Trevor Lawrence could play this week. I don't see how that's going to happen. This week? I just don't see how that's going to happen, especially you're going to put your quarterback out there if he's compromised against the Cleveland Browns defense. We shall see, but uh, but you're spot on. We move into the Colts. Speaking of the Colts, in that 7.30 segment, Jeff Saturday yesterday was on uh, with Pat McAfee and talked about his time as head coach. He talked about Shaq Leonard. Uh, he talked about the locker room when he took over. Saturday hasn't, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday hasn't talked too much, has he? No. About his time no. here uh, in Indy being the head coach for, what was it, eight games? Yeah, not with any length or substance and he definitely did that yesterday so that'll be stuff that we can get into we really haven't talked about the updated timeline for Jonathan Taylor either um you know that was kind of a news item on Sunday morning uh, that can get lost in the shuffle as well and you know something about exiting Sunday Andy the Colts got a dude fired <laughs> Why are you making me laugh? I'm not supposed to laugh. I don't want to see anyone get fired. I was going to say, you just burst out well, laughing I mean, about I, I, I feel like you fired. set me up to laugh at the guy. Yeah, What's his name? Is the it, the special teams coach for Mike Vrabel. The ex-special teams coach for the Tennessee Titans. Craig, like, Ackerman or Ackerman or something weird like that. Kylan, what is it? Something like... She said yes. Did Craig you Ackerman. Say, oh, yep. look at that. Say it again, Kylan. I think it's Craig Ackerman. Yeah. Gosh, over here, Kylan, diehard Titans fan, just rolling out the old Wait, Titans are, special are teams Wait, are you a Titans fan? No. Oh, okay, no. well, I didn't know that. No, we were on air whenever it, the news came gotcha. out. Gotcha. BK had it on the fan for uh, querying company, BK. so I'll give the credit to him. You know, when you get a dude fired, that means you've done something very well, <laughs> slash they've done something very bad. Yeah, that'll so fix shout it. out to Brian Mason and the special teams coordinator, obviously disastrous by Tennessee on Sunday. Colts will stick with that kind of that walkthrough approach. You know, two teams coming off the overtime games. Both Indy, both Cincinnati. Obviously, Cincinnati, though, one day less of prep time as they will welcome the Colts down I-74 here coming up on Sunday. Uh, David just sent me this uh, email here. Uh, Andy, did you have any issues with the announcer's volume or sound quality? No, I, I didn't have I, any I, issues I with. I didn't have any issues with any of this stuff. I just I like to fast forward through games. You know, the ten or fifteen second, the arrow where you can just hit the ten second arrow, and it's got to be fast. If it's not fast, I get frustrated. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna say you're all. You're a millennial. You need everything. Yeah, I do. I need to be able to hit the ten seconds, and it needs to be able to move forward a little quicker. It was fine. I got no problem with Peacock. It was fine. Chris I know. Goes, I know I'm the only one, but it's fine. Chris says he's got two 55 inch TVs going there, so that's why he doesn't have to well, switch the channel. Well, Chris, I, what, what if you wanted to watch all three? What, what, what if you want to watch IU, Butler, and Carolina UConn last night? Well, you got to go third TV or you got to go iPad. Come on, the Bowens, let's let's ante up a or little bit of the Bowen household. <laughs> the, 
You know? How many married men have the dueling two TVs in yeah, the living room? There's not yeah. many because it's not. It doesn't look great in the living room. That's got to be a man cave type thing. Love it has to, to see be. the look on Maddie Bowen's face. You know, for Christmas this year, I was thinking, you know, another TV, another TV in the old family. More sports. Uh, I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Kylan Talley, who's been in with us all week long. She is on the ones and twos here. For those on the YouTube, uh, you will see a little bit of a different background as Andy. Alluded to earlier, we are moving floors here inside of the building on Monument Circle. So we're down a couple floors here, and I think this will be our location moving forward here uh, as we do a little moving within the building. The Pacers have an opponent tomorrow night, 5 o'clock tip. That is still odd to me. It will be 5 Eastern tomorrow on ESPN. I saw it's a crossover. Reggie Miller is going to be on the ESPN telecast. Oh, nice. Tomorrow, I did and not I believe see that. Doc Rivers will slide into the TNT uh, broadcast crew. It'll be a TNT game for the 9 o'clock tip tomorrow night. So, again, Pacers, Bucks, a rematch of a great one we saw at Gamebridge Fieldhouse earlier this year. We'll touch on that. No Damian Lillard in that first matchup. He's expected to play tomorrow night. And then out west uh, in Vegas, uh, the western semifinal, if you will, It'll be the Lakers and the Pelicans. Good Wednesday morning to you. This is where I usually look outside and tell you what the weather is. I, I thought it was decent on the drive-in. So um, <laughs> yeah. It's 30 degrees. It's well, cold yeah. out. That's what it is. It is December I think here. it's dry, though. Andy, I think. Thank you for spending it with us. It is the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Let's go to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen Holder joins us following the Colts for ESPN. ESPN.com joins us here, 8 o'clock hour every Wednesday. Stephen, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're fantastic. Moving through the week. The week's going pretty fast for me. I, I don't know why. Um, all right, before we get to the Bengals game, I mean, obviously, Jake Browning, uh, such a good game Monday night there in Jacksonville. We can talk about that. But I just want to go back, if you don't mind, to the wild game in Tennessee. I know it's a generic question, but what did you think? I mean, you had block punts. You had multiple block punts. You had the punter almost breaking his leg, it looked like. You, you got had, a dude fired. Yeah, you got a dude fired. You had shanked extra punts. Points, Gardner Minshew, an overtime game, uh, and everything else. How crazy was that game on Sunday? Uh, that is the most Colts game ever. That's what they do. Uh, they they don't do normal, right? So <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I thought it was a, a great example of a, a team that that finds a way, you know, to to rise above all the, all the stuff that's happening in a game. And so in that particular game. You had all those twists and turns and all those peaks and valleys, and it can be hard to, to kind of manage your emotions and reactions through all of that. And, and they managed to do that, I, I thought, pretty well. And, and that's, that's the mark of a team that I think is, has the potential you know, to, to come out and, and make the playoffs because that's what you're going to have to face. You're going to have to be able to, you know, to, to find a way – to, to win when the chips are down and look at all these injuries around the league. 
they they don't ever seem phased by anything. And so that says something about the makeup of their team. He's Stephen Holder, and he is with ESPN.com. He's also with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen Gardner Minshew. Um, this has kind of been my overall thought on him, especially over the past month, month and a half. Uh, first off, I guess, incredible moxie in overtime. I think oftentimes with backup yes. quarterbacks, you see them struggle, and that starts the downfall. It, it, they just continue to wilt over the course of a game, and it's hard for them to recover, bounce back. Within a game, Minshew delivered in overtime. When they were down three, I, I think we kind of lose sight of that. They had to score right. on that possession. But this is kind of where I'm at with him. I don't think he's living up to his baseball card. Like I, For a backup mm. QB... That label is a bit unfair to mention. He's been, I think, a little better than that that stereotypical kind of negative label to backups, and I don't think he's there. Uh, too harsh? Agree? Disagree? What are your overall thoughts on Minshew as the Colts get in these final five games? So I struggle, you know, kind of analyzing him because it is so topsy-turvy with him. It, it, just look at that game on Sunday. Like, how do you assess how he played when – there are, are plays that he made in that game. They have zero chance of winning if he doesn't make those plays. And, I mean, they were they were very aggressive plays in some instances, the, the, the play to the 55 yarders of Paris, for example. So, you know, I, I struggled to, to, on the other hand, say, well, yeah, man, some of the decision-making or just the unwillingness to, to maybe push it down the field in other games or the, the lack of pocket presence, like all those things, it's harder to get your – it's hard to, to ignore them, but then you also, as I said, have what you just laid out, you know, the moxie and the, and the, the playmaking. I would say this. I think what you're getting is Gardner Minshew. And this is Gardner Minshew. It, it's, it's a roller coaster. It's ups and downs. But the one thing I would say for him, and I'm, I'm coming around on this because I was very negative on him for much of the season, but I'm coming around. And what I would say is that there have now been several games – where at critical moments, he made a play they had to have, absolutely had to have. And you can even include the Germany game there. Yeah, the Josh Downs. Downs at the end. Yeah. Like, they don't win those games, or at least it's harder to win these games, if he doesn't make a play at the end. Um, Perhaps even the Baltimore game, you know, which is a game no one expected them to win. So I think you kind of have to live with it. And we all know this. But it's just being reinforced by what we're seeing from him. Uh, but I think it's okay when you when you, if you judge him by the backup metric, and I, I get why that's a complicated thing. But if you do judge him by that metric, then I think what you have is a, a very good backup quarterback who is exceeding the performances of most of these other backups that are playing, and there are tons of them right now. Do you think Stephen Stephen Holder with us from ESPN? Do you think he'll be a priority to resign in the offseason? I think they have to think about it really hard. Yeah, I, I think maybe he should be because two things. Number one, we we still have to see Anthony Richardson stay on the field. He hasn't proven that he can do that, and I'm not down on it on him and his his ability to stay healthy. I have no idea. That's that's the point. So until we know more about his durability. You have to prioritize the backup quarterback. I can tell you that it was a major priority this year, not even because they thought that maybe Richardson wouldn't be ready to start. I I think they always hoped to play him immediately. But it was more about, or at least it was in part, about the fact that they needed to have some security at their backup quarterback. 
They knew the style that Richardson was going to play, and they knew that he might be exposed to injury. It was a very calculated decision by Chris Ballard, and he told me that himself. Uh, last one just coming from the game and then we can move on the Bengals obviously look a little bit different after what we saw Monday night there in Jacksonville what's the right opinion to have Stephen I know I'm putting a lot of weight on you here about Alec Pierce what what do we do with him I mean his uh, really one of his best games definitely this season going over 100 yards big time catches had the touchdown like you mentioned aggressive Minshew put him on the money but you know there's a lot of games where he has no catch or just a few targets. He's, I don't want to say been much maligned. I think I've just been trying to figure out exactly what is he? Uh, is he better with Anthony Richardson when they'll be able to go deep? You would imagine maybe more next year. What's the right opinion to have as Pierce has been, you know, a guy with 20 catches, but on Sunday, he made three huge plays for this team. I look at it. I don't think you can have a guy who plays as many snaps as Alec Pierce, uh, he has played 94% of the snaps this year. I, I know all these numbers because that, that was that's going to be my next story coming out this week. So, <laughs> okay. so anyway, uh, the, good timing. So he's played 94% of the snaps this year. That is a tremendous number of snaps for you know for a non-number one wide receiver, and yet has his his yards or excuse me his routes. No, sorry, his targets per route run. Okay, that means the percentage of time he gets the ball when he runs a route is 11 percent, which is like 150th in the NFL or something Mm. ridiculous like that. So what I'm saying is that can't be accidental. That is that is a combination of factors. It can't just be like, oh, well, that guy's not any good. It it has to be more than that. It has to be they aren't making a, a deliberate effort to get you the ball or the ball isn't coming your way because the quarterback isn't looking for you. It, it has to be more than just, oh, well, he sucks. That is not a viable explanation for those numbers when you look at it in context. So what I'm saying is I think Alex Pierce is doing his job just fine. Can he do better in some respects? Of course. But I don't think that is his biggest problem. I think he is a victim of circumstance to a large degree. And the circumstances, a couple of things. Number one, his role in the offense, which he talked about at length on Sunday, uh, he's asked to do some things that benefit other people in large part. You know, whether that's clearing things out underneath, you see what Michael Pittman's production has been. Uh, Whether it's blocking in many instances, he's doing a good job with that. I mean, look, he does a lot of dirty work that doesn't get rewarded. But on the other hand, when he does make a play, uh, he's he's up well over 15 yards per catch. That is top 15 in the NFL this year. So he's doing the job that's asked of him. And I think both he and the team could do more to to boost his production. Yeah, I think in the last like six games, he's missed like eight snaps. Like the dude is on the field every single snap. And I thought Jim Bob Cooter was accurate yesterday, Stephen, when he said defenses do have to know where he's lined up because yeah. we saw it on Sunday. If you don't commit a safety over there, there is the opportunity – for you to get burnt, and obviously a lot has to go into that play hitting, but the Colts hit on it a couple times against the Titans. Um, all right, Stephen, shifting gears. Again, Stephen Holder with us from ESPN. Uh, does Grover Stewart simply cure all in the run game with his return? Well, it ain't going to hurt because, I mean, Joe Mixon is running the ball, man. That was a really impressive performance the other night. I didn't see the whole game. but That was the best game of Mixon's season. Okay, that, I thought so. And because I, I don't remember seeing him go off like that earlier this year. 
uh, to date. So if he's going to be running like that down the stretch, and they're going to probably use him extensively now that uh, now that that Joe Burrow is out for the season, I know that uh, their backup quarterback had an, an impressive game the other night. I get that, but that's not going to be the game plan you wouldn't think, right? To to have him throw the ball all night long. Then they're going to lean on Mixon, and they should. He's very good. So anyway. The difference, we talked about this last week, but the difference between yards per carry with and without Grover Stewart, I mean, oh, my God. Like, that is just – it's 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 really eye-opening. I think it went – what did we say? It was like going into last week – I haven't checked the updated numbers, but going into last week, they'd gone from 3.7 yards, allowing 3.7 yards per carry, to allowing 4. I believe – six or seven yeah i think it's now uh, at a full yard if you want to look at the six games yeah. i mean think about that you know a, for one player that yard. is a huge number uh yeah i mean a full yard per carry over the course of what you know 35 or 40 rushes in a game i mean you're talking about a lot of yards you know so yeah i i agree and that's that going to look it may take him a, a week or two to kind of get it all back you know he's hasn't been in game shape so that's what that would be my concern but he is a presence and there's no doubt about it is it a cure-all it, it definitely is a big boost if not a cure-all it definitely is, is a needed boost all right last one from me steven afc south right now eight and four jacksonville seven and five indy seven and five houston it does sound like the trevor lawrence ankle injury maybe isn't as severe as it looked on monday night jacksonville is three and one against indy and houston so they've got the tiebreaker if all three of those teams were tied obviously they'd have the tiebreaker over indy and head-to-head how open is the afc south right now uh, somewhat, somewhat open. I mean, I think the Colts, they've put themselves in a little bit of a tougher position getting swept, you know, by Jacksonville. But but having a game left against Houston and, and having already beaten Houston definitely helps. And I, I still think the Trevor Lawrence injury is still notable. I mean, we can't assume that, that he's going to play the rest of the way. I mean, he, he very well could miss a game. And and even if he doesn't, is he going to be 100%? That's going to be a question. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, let the, let's let this thing play out. Uh, as I mentioned to the midday guys yesterday, I mean, we saw Joe Burrow play at less than 100% this year, and it wasn't pretty. And, and that's happened with other quarterbacks as well. I mean, there's been talk about Jalen Hurts and whether he's 100% and whether that's impacting his performance. So those things matter. They matter a lot. And and Jacksonville's not the same team, you know, without him, no doubt about it. So I don't think it's wide open. Jacksonville has done a lot of the hard work already, but it's definitely – the door is definitely at least cracked, and it's up to the Colts to, to, to actually make something happen there. Look, they have – the one thing I would say is they do have a lot of control over their destiny. And most teams at this time of year, when you're in their position, you know, when you're kind of – at the back end of the playoff race, you don't have as much control over your your position, you know. But but they they do. They have again a, a team that that's in their division in Houston coming up in Week 18, and then they have some winnable games against backup quarterbacks. I mean, it's it's there. It's in their hands. Uh, you know, before you guys brought up this conversation, I, I kind of jotted down to even ask you just as a gut feeling in Stephen Holder with us from ESPN. Do we think they make the playoffs? What's your gut tell you as you sit here going into week 14 or whatever it is? What's your gut tell you? 
I, I here's my answer. I think that at this point, not making the playoffs is a disappointment. This ain't about you know. Oh, it's just gravy now. Oh, it's just you know. Let's just see what happens. No, I mean they have raised the bar. You got to make the playoffs now. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I'm not saying we should. I'm not saying heads should roll if they don't make it. No, of course not. That's stupid. But what I'm saying is, calcul- the calculus can change over the course of a season. You know, it can go one. It can go one way or the other. Last year, the expectations were very high, and then they ended up being terrible. So the calculus changed, right? This year, it went the other way. We had no expectations, and it turns out they're very competitive. And now it's time to finish the job. So, you know, is that a prediction that they'll make it? No, but I, I think that they should make it because, again, it's in their hands. They have a, a very manageable schedule, and I expect them to go compete and, and to go take their best shot to make it. And, and if they don't, I would see that as a, a little bit of a letdown at this point. Steven, I lied. Last, last one. Um, we saw the report Sunday morning. Jonathan Taylor, I believe Ian Rappaport said three to five weeks was kind of the timeline that he threw out there. I think originally Jim Irsay had dropped the word hope. Hope two to three weeks, which anytime you say hope, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I hope to play Augusta National with Tiger Woods tomorrow. Um, have you heard a little bit more in that three to five week range? Um, I, it hasn't been clarified anymore necessarily but but I will tell you that I mean they hadn't ruled out injured reserve initially I mean they haven't put them on injured reserve and and that's not necessarily my point my point is that injured reserve is four weeks right so that was still on the table initially they ended up not doing it because I don't think they need to the same thing with Juju Brents right it, it wasn't it wasn't a necessity because they don't need the roster spot. I'm just talking merely timeline. That, to me, suggested that that this was a three- to five-week kind of deal because you wouldn't even have that conversation if two weeks was a, was a realistic expectation, which, look, we all love Jim Mercer, but come on. <laughs> it was never going to be two weeks, right? So, yeah, I, I, I think you're talking about – I think three to five actually makes a lot of sense is what I'm saying. Stephen Holder, ESPN is latest, really good. Reggie Wayne and the development of that whiteout group in year two. Check that out on ESPN. Stephen, thanks as always for the time, and we'll see you up at the complex here in a bit. Okay, guys. See you soon. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Appreciate you joining us. 9 o'clock hour, drivehuber.com studios. Wake up call. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney hanging out with you. Another hour to go. If you miss any of the program talking Indiana basketball, obviously we'll get to Pacers with Jeremiah Johnson here in just a second. Colts get ready for a big one on Saturday, so we cannot wait for that. You miss any of any of our shows, check it out on the Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com. All right, let's go on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Jeremiah Johnson joins us here uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. Jeremiah, good morning. How are you today, sir? Good morning. I guess I should say long-time listener, first-time caller to the uh, KB and Andy show. 
That's, I, I am totally spaced on that. JJ, I apologize. JJ texted me yesterday and was like, did I miss the call? I, I, oh, boy. I boy, texted that... Jeremiah during the Monday post game. I mean, what a stupid mistake by me. Like, the dude's not busy. Like, he's working. He's, he's on right. Yeah, he's on live television. I like, literally texted him right, out, right after Buddy Heald made the roulette comment. I'm like, that was a great line. I'd love to have JJ on. And then I figured they weren't traveling to Vegas. So, Jeremiah, apologies for not, A, having you on earlier. You are a busy man this time it's, of year. It's Kevin's fault. And it's not my fault. For I'm the new. Text while you were working. Yeah, I blame the new guy. I thought, you know, Andy might yeah. like me, you know, but uh, that's all right. Your text uh, to be on the show during the post game show is better than what I used to get. I had a friend that would always text when Miles Turner would have a bad game complaining, and it'd be right when I would start the post game show. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? You know, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, we're going to lead off with that from the uh, law. Days, though, so that's good. Well, yeah. don't, don't worry in radio, uh, whether you're on in the morning or afternoon, I've had buddies. Hey, what are you doing? I used to do afternoons. Hey, what are you doing? It's 425. What do you think I'm doing? I'm on the radio right now. What do you <laughs> exactly. think I'm doing? Now, you know, you text at 930. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, you know uh, what I'm doing. I guess let's start here. How was that atmosphere? I mean, man, following a team uh, and seeing kind of the organic reaction with the wind the other night. How did that feel in the arena as you guys are obviously uh, doing the broadcast and Halliburton with the huge game and the team moves now to Vegas. Yeah, it was incredible. A little bit of a collegiate atmosphere. You know, I go back to that IU-Kentucky game that I happened to be at when Christian Watford hit the shot. And those are the moments you live for that you have a job like this that you want to experience. And uh, it reminded me a little bit from a Pacers game of, uh, I said this to JMV yesterday, maybe game three of the 2018 playoffs when Boyan Bogdanovich was, you know, setting up about three feet behind the three-point arc. And then you go back to some of the the T-shirts in the stands games of the Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, in listening to a lot of national radio and podcasts yesterday, there were two main topics that people were sharing. They They were talking, deservedly so, about Tyrese Halliburton, A. And then a close second was the crowd. So I think it's a good time to tip your cap to the Pacers fans because they made that atmosphere and they were one of the fans in Indiana were one of the biggest stories of the knockout round. And so you showed out, you were loud, you were supportive. Rick Carlisle, I think he got, got on your show and asked for the fans to be there and to be supportive. And they were a difference maker in that game. Yeah, the combination. Obviously, the team you know earned the quarterfinal home game, and boy, the fan base certainly delivered, and you could tell they were thirsty for that, that environment. Jeremiah Johnson from Bally, he's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. JJ, I guess I got a couple of logistical questions more so about Vegas. Um, do you have any idea how like tickets are going to work for tomorrow night? The, the, the 5 o'clock and 9 o'clock tips are kind of odd to me how spaced out they are. Yeah, it's a great question. I did get an email from the NBA that happened to just be on one of their NBA experiences mailing list, and they've got a pa- you know two-game, three-game package where you get uh, you know all three of the games in Vegas and some experiences and that kind of thing. But I've not seen a lot of individual ticket um, information, and so uh, that's the big question. You had such a great atmosphere for the knockout round games on the home courts. Will that translate to Las Vegas? What kind of a crowd will you get in the arena? I trust that the NBA is used to putting on events like this, and they'll make that atmosphere look really good no matter what. And they've had big crowds for summer league games. So I think they're going to figure out a way to have a big crowd for this in-season tournament, semifinal and finals 
matchups. A little unusual that it's in the afternoon, but they operate by different clocks. Actually, they operate without clocks in Las Vegas. So I'm not sure that it, I'm <laughs> not sure that it really matters that it's 2 o'clock out there. Logistically, I think it is a benefit to the Pacers that they played Monday. They left Tuesday morning. They had an extra day to get acclimated. Milwaukee's going to get into town. They're going to want to experience a little bit of Vegas tonight, and then they've got that early tip on Thursday. So maybe a little bit of a scheduling advantage for the Pacers, but I don't know a lot about the ticket situation. We talked a couple segments ago about how wild that first matchup was between these two teams. Of course, Damian Lillard did not play. Giannis was Giannis to the nth degree. Halliburton and Matherin, both terrific. I thought, you know, in a way, JJ, it kind of reminded me of Monday in that Boston punched just like Milwaukee punched you in taking that big fourth quarter lead. And then the Pacers, just like they did Monday night, they punched back in closing that out. Uh, what are your memories from this uh, first matchup about a month ago between these two teams? That's a good point in that some of the Pacers' big wins this season, they've not been just because the team they played had an off night. Think about you know the second night in Miami, Jimmy Butler had 33 points. And uh, the, the win against Milwaukee, Giannis, had a parade to the free throw line and he actually made almost all of those free throws. That's probably my biggest image is just seeing the game slow down to the point where he continued to go to the free throw line. He shot that free throw with about 11 seconds instead of 10 when you're allowed to have the ball. And he kept shooting it on the front of the rim and bouncing in. And I said, at some point we got to tighten these rims up a little bit because he's normally a 60, uh, whatever percent shooter, not 80 or 90. So, um, he played about as well as he could have played. He puts up 50, and you still beat them. That's what that that shows you're a legitimate team. And you know the same thing on Monday night against Boston. You had Brown and Tatum each go for 30. That's only the second time in in their career when they've each had at least 30 points that they've lost a game. So the Pacers are okay to take a team's best shot without Damian Lillard. It may be a little bit of an asterisk there to that win, and and we'll see what happens if he's on the court. But you know one thing. When he's on the court, they're going to be better offensively. They're not going to be better defensively. And so maybe that lends to uh, even more points. And, and the Pacers are used to getting in shootouts. So I don't even have a problem there if it becomes a little bit more of an offensive-minded game. Talking some Pacers, Jeremiah Johnson here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Jeremiah, are you sad at least a little bit you're not going to be in Vegas? Be honest. Or are you like, hey, I'm good being home? I think oh, Mrs. Absolutely. Johnson's happy that you're home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the boys are happy. My wife probably depends on the hour of the day whether she's happy that I'm home. But I, <laughs> Fair I, enough. Yeah, she's not listening now either, so I can say it. Yeah, I wish I was there. I mean, this again, like I said, Monday was one, you know, one of the reasons you, you have that job and, and have this opportunity to be a part of experiences like this. I'm all for you know, making history, and this is the first in-season tournament semifinal, and the, and the Pacers are there. So I'm a little disappointed, but I'll see – I'll see 81. I'll see 81 games yeah. this year, so I think I'll be okay. But uh, I'm a little also disappointed. You know, I wish it was not the five o'clock game. Uh, I've got a freshman basketball game that, since I'm home, I'm going to watch. So I'll be I'll be sitting in the stand somewhere, uh, watching my phone, and then also watching uh, the the action in front of me. But uh, you know, I think anyone that's going to be there and be a part of it, they're making history. And so uh, for those that are a part of the team, those that are able to get out there. And, and if you can't, make sure you figure out a way. This is a good chance just to remind everyone because you might think the normal time you get home, you have dinner, you turn on the game, it, it might be over at that point. So figure out a way to uh, set the DVR, do whatever you can. Uh, because I, I will give a shout-out to the broadcast partners that this is kind of unique that they're going to put um, ESPN and TNT broadcasters together. And it they're going to have a little Reggie Miller 
on the yeah. uh, ESPN ABC broadcast. Tyrese Halliburton mentioned this after the game, and it's something even I've talked about maybe a couple weeks ago as he has ascended and he had such a great month in November, and we see uh, he started out December pretty damn good with what he did the other night. But Halliburton's like, you know, I'm 23 years old. I had the contract, and, you know, people are starting to pay attention to me as, you know, one of the best players in the league. I'm paraphrasing basically what he said. What do we think it's like being Tyrese Halliburton, who has the big time deal who's uh, the organization sees him and wants him to be the face of the franchise you have a coach who believes in in him and a coach who is running an offensive system that is good for him life has to be awesome right now for Tyrese Halliburton yeah I appreciated him saying that because everyone looks up to right now and idolizes what he's doing on the basketball court. But you want him to feel the same way about his situation than than you feel watching him. And so for him to acknowledge that, for him to not be uh, upset about anything seemingly, the only thing he gets upset about is losses, and I think fans are are okay with that as well. Um, That's what what you want to hear. So he does and says all the right things. You just want to bottle that up and hope it stays forever. He's a little bit like you, though. You just had a kid. You moved from Louisville. You're in Indianapolis. You're covering the Colts and Pacers. You got a morning radio. Who's got it better than me? Exactly. It's not just Tyrese Halliburton. You've got it good too. <laughs> who, who used to say when that? I think of Tyrese Halliburton. I think of Andy Sweeney. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're so honored to be in this studio with me. The new yes, studio is uh, level four right. now. Uh, which Harbaugh said that? Who's got it better than us? That was Jim Harbaugh oh, when he yeah, was in the NFL, wasn't it? Yeah. Did he do yeah. that when he was with the San Francisco 49ers? Oh, I thought yeah. he did. I don't. It wasn't his brother-in-law Tom Crean, correct? It was, it was no. Jim Harbaugh. No, again, I'm still Tommy. I'm still mad we didn't have Tom coach one of those interim games for Michigan this year. That was a missed opportunity to support your family there by Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Uh, JJ, last one from me. Um, well, I guess I got two. One, I'll, I'll just go a small one. Uh, any update on Jalen Smith? You know, that was weird. I thought about that on the way home, but that was a story that did not really get addressed before the game. There were so many things going on, and you saw him on the bench, and we thought there would be – an update or another evaluation when the team got back from Miami. So sadly, I don't. I don't have an update. I do know before they left, there was a good feeling in that it uh, wasn't maybe as bad as it looked. But when he initially went out with the heel issue, it, it was a knee also. So I unfortunately don't have another update. And since they left so early on Tuesday morning, um, I've not even seen what the injury report is. So, so sorry, I can't update there on that situation. Okay, and then 112 allowed on Monday to the Celtics. Frankly. You know, Hogg said and Holcomb should again should have given everyone the day off of work for the Pacers only allowing 112 <laughs> on Monday. How much do you chalk that up to playoff type game? A little bit more scouting, a little bit more natural intensity to it all. Maybe some nerves. I mean, hell, that first quarter JJ was 24 to 22 at the end of one. How much do you chalk it up to that, or how much do you think a glimmer of hope in the Pacers defense is trying to be better than terrible? Yeah, I mean, there has to be a glimmer of hope because it wasn't against the Pistons or a team that's not good offensively. Now, Kristaps Porzingis didn't play, but even without him, that's still one of the most explosive and you know talented starting fives that you'll see in the NBA. And So to do that against Boston, a team that's used to that environment in that situation, um, it says a lot. I, I, you know, I watched Caitlin Cooper's video yesterday, and she did a good breakdown on maybe some of the adjustments they made. I'll give a shout-out to the coaching staff because – They've treated these in-season tournament games like playoff games, and they try to obviously win every game. But uh, the level of 
preparation that they have put into the games and then also the adjustments that they made at halftime, I think it's a really good sign in that they did some things different defensively, even after an okay first half defensively, to show some different looks at Boston. And to me, it shows they want they didn't want to just start the season changing styles and saying it didn't work after two games, let's go to something different. But now that they've got a few extra um, games of experience while they're trying to set their base, but then they can adjust during games depending upon the opponent, that gives you some hope for the future as well, that they're going to try to to play their sort of two versus two and and not just help on everything early. But then when the situation calls for it, they can throw some different help coverages and they can really do some things. And, And the main thing to me defensively is, They've got to both get stops, stop penetration, but they've also got to secure the rebounds. That's where they made huge improvements from the first half to the second half, and uh, that's what I'll be watching. It's always on the perimeter. Can they now be a layup line? Can they provide some resistance there? But then when a missed shot goes up, they've got to just be continually reminded about some of the importance of rebounding. And It's not just the center. It's the guards coming down. And, and to see Tyrese Halliburton have double-digit rebounds, that is indicative of what they're trying to remind everyone you've all got to help on the glass and that's part of defense as well all right tomorrow night a five o'clock tip from vegas in the world of jeremiah johnson it's a six o'clock tip eagles versus golden eagles zionsville (laughs) and garen freshman basketball jj i'm picturing you in the gym tomorrow night you've got the bally app uploaded ready to go we're on our we're we're praying the rosary the bally app works tomorrow night Uh, and all of a sudden you've got a throng of people around you people are wondering what's going on in the stands and jj has got pacers and bucks on the phone yeah, well, I, I normally when I'm there, I try to do my part since I miss a lot of games and do the scorebook. But I am not volunteering <laughs> for the scorebook tomorrow. I'm going to be hiding in the corner of the stands, and I'll be watching both screens. I can multitask, but uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to seeing what happens, and, and hopefully uh, there'll be another game on Saturday, and I can just meet the team in Detroit, and they'll make that trip from Vegas to Detroit on Sunday. JJ, great stuff the other night. The post-game interviews, as always, very on point. You know I love the halftime interviews with the respective assistants as well. So uh, always enjoy your work, and thanks for the time this morning. Yeah, you're a little bit of a junkie of those interviews. During the in-season tournament, I don't know if you could tell, we don't normally interview a player at halftime if the team's trailing, but we added <laughs> that. So that I give, I give credit to Bruce Brown. That's always a tough situation if, if uh, you're not winning and yet you still get to do that player interview seconds after the second quarter expired. So we were able to, to talk to Bruce Brown there at halftime and then Lloyd Pierce. The entire staff does a really good job, I think, of setting up the second half and we talked to them then as well. So great to have this inaugural run on the wake-up call. Yes, thank you, thank Jeremiah you, Johnson, for that. Enjoy the multitasking tomorrow night. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.